1: Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most
2: bulls**t thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia, on the socials, go there, join the militia. The crisp crack of Joe's brew. And damn, I just thought of this. Hold on. Yeah, I might have to make I might have to make a I might have to make a pit stop at some point. I have no I have no cold ones in the in the in the fridge over here. So I might I might have wow. to go to the fridge out there. But that's okay. Yeah, I know. And I just talked about prepping for 20 minutes and how prepared I was mm-hmm. because Joe comes here and uh everything is on mute and crackling because he's got a headset from um from Ollie's, the same place he got his screw gun. So <laughs> I will say I will say Ridiculous. I will say though, it is it is good to be back. Did you guys miss us? I didn't I didn't think so. Didn't, oh
3: man. I missed you so much, man. I
2: missed you. Well Joe and I still talk, so that doesn't count. But no. we were we were gonna do this last night and it just didn't work out. Mostly because I mean, well, the all star race was on. That was my excuse. So we pushed it to today, which is fine, because there's a little bit of extra news today. I do want to give Craig from Oneida a shout-out. He's, he's, he gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts as a rating, and he says, my only complaint is that Joe is drinking cheap beer. Love the show. So I get it. Joe drinks cheap beer. He's on a budget. That's okay. It's okay, but I, I hear you. Uh, so anyways... We're back. We got some lacrosse news. As If you've been living under a cave, you know that that's going around and been going around for quite some time. And then yeah. we've got uh, a little tiny bit of basketball news and some, some more stuff is, is coming coming out about college football and Syracuse in general. So we'll get to as much of that as we can. But first, all of our sponsors left us. I think it's, I think it's us, Joe, but that's okay. It's actually not. But that's fine. We do, however, have a sponsor. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Hey, the locker oh, yeah. the locker room app. So the locker room app, if if you did not know, I think it was bought out by Spotify, by the way. And um they basically are revamping this thing. I think they are going to be relaunching the actual app here soon. And uh, if you have not downloaded the app, go ahead, download the app, the Locker Room app, and you can sign up. All it takes is your email address and a name. And I actually had some people uh, DM us in email saying they couldn't find us. I know there was a couple of you on there, but you have to actually search Sean space Cuse Militia, like Cuse Militia is my last name. Why? I don't know. But I figured that out actually figured that out on Friday, Saturday night. So anyways, we are going to use that as our live platform for basically for live portions of the show for you to call in and you can get on there. You can do your own thing. You can go live yourself too. You don't got to listen to us. Sure. I don't want to blame you, but um, it's going to be what we use when we go live and we do fan feedback come game time and whenever convenience. So go there. Download the app today from the iTunes store, iOS or Android and sign up, find us, follow us as they say. So the locker room app. All right. So let's get right into this. Now it has been a while since we've been here. It's been three weeks and that's totally uncalled for and unnecessary. And quite honestly, it's irresponsible, but you know, the, the the weather's breaking there's things to do so yeah, if, if you didn't sure. know already busy. Desco he announced his retirement after 41 years in Syracuse lacrosse uh, program as a player well 46 as a player and a coach assistant head coach and of course head coach uh, he was part of all 11 championships throughout his playing and coaching career five of them uh, solely as head coach 12 final four appearances and a winning percentage of 75% uh, totaling 258, which is amazing. So a legend going out, a legend coming in. He's going to be replaced by none other than Gary Gate, who spent 14 years coaching the women's lacrosse team. He's done a masterful job there, a winning percentage in his own right to 74%. Mm-hmm. And he finishes 213-75, according to Mike McAllister of Syracuse SI. He led the Orange Ladies to eight Final Fours in three national championship games, the last one, of course, that we just watched uh, a couple weeks ago. Where uh, they fell to Boston College, so uh, he's going to he's going to come in. And like I said, Joe, you've you've got to be really, you know, this is something that I don't think a lot of Syracuse fans take for granted, but I do think that is it is the thing that is taken for granted, and that is to be removing a legend and replacing him with a legend, Syracuse lifers in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And just the whole tenure of Syracuse lacrosse has been legendary. I mean, let's be honest. Right. So, so you know, Gary Gates already got 14 years as a head coach, coaching the women. He's been very successful there. He was short of, just short of, of winning a championship. But we'll talk in a second about what he's putting together. But just speak on, you know, how lucky we are to have such talent in the queue to take this over.
3: Yeah. Well, you wonder if that was his uh, plan all along, right?
2: You got to I'm sure imagine at have, this point.
3: I'm sure, he could have gotten another job somewhere else, right? So, sure. So uh, he built our women's program up, and, um, you know, it, it was time. People were calling for him, and, you know, it wasn't the best uh, appearance in the NCAA tournament this year, and, you know, I think that it was just a kind of a se- seamless transition, although it's going to be a lot different lacrosse. Um, You know, I uh, wish I could speak a lot more on that. But um, from what I understand, like you said, some of the things that um, that he's bringing in, uh, you know, the coach he brought in to help him, I think kind of gives you a big view of the fact that he's coming in to really um, help that offense and, um, you know, get that back. Well, it's usually pretty good anyway, but, you know, just keep the offense going. Uh, But, you know, his hire really was for the defensive side, which we were where we struggled.
2: Uh, Pete Trimala, Dave Pete Uh he joined the Syracuse men, men's lacrosse staff apparently today, and according to Mike McAllister, again, he was uh, defensive coordinator at John Hopkins for a couple years, three years, seven, 95, 96, and 97, uh, the head coach at Cornell. from.
1: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom
0: indeed.com slash match terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: from 98 to 2000 and then the head coach of john hopkins from 01 to 2020 so he actually brings a couple other things possibly with him he's got twin boys who one of which who's a five-star recruit and a number number two player in the class of 2022 dom pietramala and he's got a brother nicholas both are currently committed to North Carolina, which mm-hmm. is a slight conflict of interest. And so you gotta imagine Syracuse is gonna to try to flip that. I don't I don't see how it doesn't happen, but and nothing's guaranteed, right?
3: Well, you have to understand too, Syracuse did recruit these guys okay. prior to.
2: Fair enough, okay.
3: Prior to But know, they both just,
2: committed to North Carolina. Twins both committed to going right. to the same school.
3: Yes yes
2: that's a package deal, dominic
3: number two in the class is an attack uh nicholas is uh a defenseman just like his father who was a three-time first team all-american at john hopkins um so and he actually played at the same time gary gate played at syracuse so they played against each other uh and um yeah it's definitely going to be interesting i think that uh I don't know. I just <laughs> kind of, I look at it like the writing's on the wall for, for that flip. Um, but again, not guaranteed, but to have that type of coach, I mean, he's John Hopkins all time winning coach and now he's coming in just to help the defense. And he was a former defenseman. Um, obviously they're friends and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, that's, that's really today made me a lot more excited about, you know, going forward because again, um, you know, like I said, I'm not. I will not say that I'm huge on the cross, and I know a lot. But Gary Gate, coming from what women's game, I know he played men's, but he's been the coach for women's, and there's a little bit different rules. And I'm not saying that he can't, you know, turn it around. But just to see that he brings another uh, coach on to that's, you know, been at that level to just uh, worry about you, the defense Hall, tells me that
2: Hall of Fame know, level coach. I mean, excellent.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: excellent coach, and right. um, just like that boom. Right. Um, he's putting something pretty masterfully together.
3: Yeah. And sometimes the smartest people are the people that get smarter people around them. And, uh, (laughs) that just seems to be kind of not, it's not a slight to Gary gate whatsoever, but you're talking about a guy who's obviously got way more experience as a head coach in the men's game. And obviously it's going to do nothing but help, especially after this year, seeing the way that our, our defense played. So, Today was definitely a big a big day, and, and again, if he can, if we can end up getting his his sons to come and play, then be even better. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But
2: I, I saw something else too. According to Desco, Gary Gate has asked him to stay involved in the program at some capacity. So, um, semi-retired. Right. I don't know. Well, what does that entail? I don't know. Maybe recruiting. Who who knows? But um, there's there would definitely be a spot. I mean, a part of me really you know, the only coach I really ever remember of Syracuse lacrosse is Desco, obviously. Right. So it's like the same thing with, I wish it was the same with football. That would be great. Right. But you know, it was the same with basketball, obviously, but I was like, it was an emotional press conference. I don't usually watch these, these things, but it was such a big day. And with Gary gate and, um, coach Desco. And it's just like such a, you know, the writing I think was on the wall and, um, you know, you know i felt bad for desco I, i'm glad that he, he, you know gary gate asked him to stay involved at in some capacity i think that could be oh, huge yeah. at whatever that capacity no, just even is if it's like an,
3: a mentor somebody that could yeah, be on I mean, the sidelines for advice someone to be there to because he's been through a lot you know and uh, obviously the coach he brought in too so have those type of coaches you know yeah the battles they had and everything to be right there on your side i mean again a lot of times i mean it's it's kind of life, right? It's all about kind of the people you surround yourself with, and um, I'd say that you know Gary Gate has definitely done a great job with that.
2: Yeah, and he stuck around. Obviously, he could have, like you said, Joe, he could have went anywhere else for for the women's game, or he could have been a. I'm sure he could have been a men's coach somewhere, but he stuck yeah. around. I think he was buying his time. He stayed in the program, really built up that women's team and that uh, lacrosse team like tremendously. And I mean, they yeah. were, they were, they were went to the championship this year with some key injuries and just yep. fought through a lot. And just, you can tell that he's well-respected by his players and obviously yep. he was a great player and he's a great coach. So we're, we're lucky. And I, him staying
3: I, here. Yeah. And him, him staying here that this long, you know, uh, I think it obviously has gained the confidence of the Syracuse fans and obviously being a player and everything. So it was almost like came to a point where it was kind of a no-brainer, right? Seamless transition.
2: Absolutely. I think it's perfect. And I think it is going to draw the, the new blood into the sport. I know that, you know, the, since we've been doing this podcast, I've watched more and more Syracuse lacrosse. And I think this this puts a little bit of, this puts a little emphasis on getting the popularity back on the Syracuse lacrosse end of things. You know, I think people are going to be expecting better, I think we are going to be expecting more consistency, and we'll see. And I think, it, I think it, I think it'll happen. I think it's great.
3: Well, and it's not to say that we haven't been a team to to reckon with. You know, oh yeah, like we have, it's are still right there. You it's know? our biggest
2: it's drought. Just... It's our biggest Final Four drought since. I mean, we haven't been there since what two thousand thirteen, which the 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 last drought that long was like. I believe it was like in the was it the eighties? I can't remember, but it's been a long time. It's been a long right. time since we've had a drought like that. And right. your beer is totally covering the camera. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, moving on. So coach K, he's going to join, uh, join the legendary coach Roy Williams. After, after this year, he made it official that he's only going to coach one more year at Duke. Um, our boy, James Zuba kind of lists his accolades here, began, began coaching army in 1975 before taking the Duke job in 80. Um, Bayheim. Uh, just as a reference, became head coach of Syracuse in '76, and that time Shashevsky has led Duke to five national titles, twelve Final Fours, 97 NCAA tournament wins. He's been named Nan Smith Coach of the Year on three occasions, won ACC Coach of the Year honors five times, and obviously we know about the three Olympic golds. So, it is a weird day in college basketball. I feel. And I don't know what to attribute it to. When I first heard about the Krzyzewski retirement, first of all, I was like, I got to be honest. I cheered a little bit. I thought that was, I, you know, I think that bodes well mm. for us. I mean, but look, I respect the guy. I, I mean, that doesn't mean I want him around forever. I want, obviously, my coach to catch up to his wins, first of all. And we right. can re- reinstate those 101. But, uh, of course, I'm not. that be nice. Don't you think? So um, to my point, though, the the first thing I thought of was the just the way that the game has changed. And the only way I, I mean, the first way I think to put it is, you know, Krzyzewski has got one shot every year to win a championship and then he gets his turnover. You know what I mean? Right. It's got to be it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. It's got to be kind of annoying. Uh, you know the 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 one and done thing not being able to just go right from high school to to pro I think it puts a I think it puts a damper on some of those blue chip schools and I don't know if both of those Roy Williams and Shashevsky, if they have anything to do with that but I mean I don't know what you think we talked earlier you brought up something else but what do you think about that
3: Well, I think the game's about to change anyway because we have these leagues, and I think there's going to be more options for uh, a lot of these younger kids from high school to do something to make some money versus have to go to school. So I think that's going to change anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously uh, a sad day. You like to see Coach K out there. You like to see it, and it's going to be different because, obviously, they have John Shire as the coach in waiting, a younger kid. Former player. Yeah. yeah, and you wonder, you know, you know, talk to your brother and if Jeff Capel would have stayed there instead of taking the Pittsburgh job, it might might have might have been him, you know. Yeah. And some people say, What about Greg Paul? I mean, I don't I don't know. But either way, um he's obviously done enough to show Coach K that he's gonna be a good successor and um, you know, I I, I don't I don't wanna speak for Duke fans, but I just think that um might be a situation where it's their the way that they recruit and kind of play might change a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not going to get the five stars and the this, is and that, but I just think there's going to be a lot more <clears throat> kids taking these other options that are going to be available um, eventually. And yeah, I, I know I talked to your brother and he's he wants to kind of go back to guys being there a couple of years, you know, build yeah, teams. Yeah, I
2: mean, absolutely. You know? I think it's become quite honestly, it's been a, just been an, an S show, man. I think. Right. Well, I, I, I
3: mean, even with us, I mean, we normally don't. I'm talking like about and, and everything.
2: Yeah, I'm talking about the NCAA. Period.
3: Period. Yeah, it's just, for everybody. Basketball. It's just yeah.
2: ugly. It's so ugly. easy
3: to just say, okay, I don't want to. You know, this team isn't going to give me the starting job, so I'm going to go somewhere yeah. else. It's going to, but yeah. like.
2: Not only that, but so. just the 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 one and done stuff where you just it's it's not team oriented anymore. I just don't. It's just it just it's, it's so different than. The way it was back in the day, and I mean, you can you don't even need to go back that far, man. I mean, the late '90s, you know, even for Syracuse, we always had the four-year players. I mean, not you know three, four years, but yeah. um, it's just too bad the way that the, that it's the way that it's changed. I think it's changed for the worse. I think the NBA, yeah, well, the too. NBA, creating their creating their rules for. Criteria of getting into their league. I think it's really has intentional negative consequences on the NCAA game. We're doing a lot of the, you know, talking about how much money the NCAA is making on the backs of these kids, call them amateur players. I think something needs to be done there. There's just a lot of murky waters with NCAA basketball right now that need to be cleared up.
3: Yeah. I don't know what happened. I remember the days when the one and done's, they came in and they played hard as hell to prove that they were the, the the best guys and was it was difficult for them to leave. You know what I mean? There's been some guys that could have been one of Dunn's that stayed for two years because they wanted to give that one last try with, I mean, that's what it used to be like. That's what Duke and some of those players used to be like. A lot of those guys, Carlos Boozer, James Batty, they probably could have won a year year ahead, but instead they stayed. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen anymore,
2: you what, know? Uh, What do what do you think about what do you think about you you well you brought this up, can I say? Uh, Mm -hmm. the Zion Williamson investigation. It does not it does not look good. It doesn't look good. And it should it should get more attention, in my opinion. And the reason it doesn't is because this is the last thing that the NCAA needs is the is the Coach K. The too big to fail. Being under the microscope in some kind of, whether directly or indirectly, knowing or not knowing, some kind of... Because a lot of these allegations are really bad. And it it came about because he was opting out of a five-year contract with Gina Ford. um, And this is from... Oh come on! Give me a website. Golf Digest of all of all places, but it it, it does <laughs> nice. give a, it does give a good breakdown. But he was opting out of a five year contract with the marketing agent Gina Ford. She represented him through Prime Sports. And it's just getting a lot of murky waters about um, they're seeking $100 million in damages for breach of contract. A new filing by Ford in Prime Sports is asking Zion to admit the following. Zion's mother and stepfather got money from people acting on behalf of Duke and Nike to attend Duke. They demanded the same from Adidas. An actual NCAA certified agent gave the benefits Get, um, gave the benefits on multiple occasions Between 2014 and 19 This money has been tracked A lot of this money has been tracked And mm-hmm. it does not look good But yet we don't hear anything about it Because it's Duke And I think that that's I think that's an in, I in, 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 What do you mean well what
3: It's also the temperature of, this, of the culture right Well now. that's true This is the last I
2: mean, thing that the NCAA wants The temperature wants. of the
3: media Right. What do you mean by that I'm just saying that the media, they're just very slow to report on stuff like this.
2: That's true. That's true. That's all. But there is a lot. I mean, you can go to this, Dolph, this Golf Digest uh, article, and there's a lot in here, some good stuff. Um, Nike re- representatives openly texted about paying them $35,000 to play in their summer league to, quote, cripple Adidas. So here's my point. And it's back to the point that I was making originally, and that is that how dirty and grimy this game has become. And when mm-hmm. and when a lot of times you look at teams like Syracuse, oh they can't recruit, they can't recruit. Well, no wonder. I mean, if they're doing it, if they're doing it with their heads above the water, I mean, it's not gonna be easy. You're not gonna get those recruits. So if everything's on the up and up, you, you're 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 right. you're two steps behind. Not to mention you're just not a blue chip school. And so when we talk about recruiting, well, this is a huge problem in recruiting. Is that yeah. is that these advantages and the sneaky, grimy stuff that goes on between agents, right. uh, sneaker companies, and the families.
3: Right. And football regionally hurts us. And yeah. that's
2: and, just and yeah. Okay.
3: I'm just saying there's a whole bunch of other things.
2: I know that... it's a, it's a lot, but that's a big, that's a, that's, a, I think that is a, it is a good reason for a 76 year old Krzyzewski who's proven he's an, he's one of the best coaches ever with five championships to get out of, to get out of it and give it one more shot. That's a good reason. Is that his reason? I have no idea, but if I'm him, that's a good reason in an, in and yeah. of itself.
3: Well, because at the in this situation, like we've learned with Jim Beheim. um, unbeknownst to you or, you know, I mean, other people can completely ruin you without you even knowing. Absolutely. And it's all on you. That's the way the system's set up in the NCAA.
2: Yeah, so were, were these agents in these sneaker companies going after Zion, did they have anything? Does I mean, does Shashevsky necessarily know about any of this? Absolutely not. He might not no. have a single and, damn clue. And don't
3: get me wrong, too. I mean, a lot of people did a lot of soul searching and a lot of, you know, Realization of life and during this COVID time to the point where, like, maybe, um, situation where he really did just
5: well, to be, to be wanna,
3: fair,
2: he said it was a family decision, right?
3: That's what he said, right? So, he wanted to spend more time with his family, and yeah, uh, I think that's what a lot of people have kind of come to the conclusion of during this COVID period, right? I mean, some yeah. people have looked at
2: that's why we stopped know, doing so many podcasts, yeah. We're potted out. Possibly. We, po- we potted ourselves.
3: No, not only that. I mean, you know. You when pod- stuff like this happens, sometimes people just kind of feel like they take things for granted and see a different, you know, life a different way. And I
2: don't think he dealt. No, I mean, just a, just a, a, me being just observing in general, I, I don't think he dealt with the COVID stuff well.
3: No, I don't think so either.
2: So, I mean, I don't know, if, you know. Which, you know, whatever. He's at that age where it's not good <laughs> for him if he gets it. So I mean, I think he maybe right. maybe had a realization there, like, you know, th- this is just I'm 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 just out of I'm out of the age group of this. And uh, to, you know, these, let's give someone else a shot. But anyways, all right. Um so real quick, and then I want to transition into some football stuff. John Bolajoc he announced that he's gonna take his name out of the transfer portal and return back to Syracuse this is some more old news. This is all old news. Which is, if it's boring you by this point, I'm sorry. But <laughs> but we haven't talked about it, so we're talking about it, and we apologize. But, um, so, now, with the amount of players in the transfer portal, to me, it's not surprising that John Bolishak didn't, and I don't know if this is it, but it didn't get picked up or get, didn't get good enough offers with, you know, I think he played 10 games for a total of 51 minutes, four rebounds, and two points. Okay? Right. Tough to get in the transfer portal with that many people and get picked up by some successful school or decent school that wants to give you the minutes, right? So I yeah. don't know if that was it. Test the waters. That's fine. But um, sure it's, not, it's, it's, it's not a knock. I'm just no. I'm just saying. So he tested the waters. They were a bit cold. But I'm happy to see him come back because here we are. Now, look, we've had problems at center. And now it seems like, well, damn, the uh, front court is looking solid now so if we do if we do have an issue it seems like now we have a couple options whereas last year we had Marek. that's it pretty much until yeah. the end of the year when when jesse stepped up
3: right well we won't know who the options are obviously just i mean a lot of them were freshmen or first year and obviously jesse edwards with the weird off season he had with trying to get back and be in quarantine in his country and everything uh I think that kind of hurt his development. And honestly, I I kind of see a big jump with Jesse Edwards. And I mean, I hope Rama can play, but this year more than.
2: Still skeptical, to be honest, but that's just because.
3: Yeah, well, uh, optimistic, but skeptical. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. But, you know, this year more than other recent years, I'm not as worried about it because I think that Jesse Edwards could start for us without. Baram even being there and I think we'd be okay. And, you know, uh, with Frank Anselm and John Bolzak having another year, um, you know, this is going to be John Bolzak's third year on campus. So, um, it's going to be a situation where we're going to have hopefully depth, but it, you know, just cause you're here an extra year, doesn't guarantee, um, success or growth, but all you can really do is hope. And again, it just, it gives us options because I know a little while ago they were talking about John Bolzak, uh, transferring and if barama can't play we have jesse and then frank anselm and there were some people questioning whether frank was going to transfer so um at least like you said we have options now if barama can't um hold up if his knee can't hold up so
2: right so anyways worth worth noting that it's going to be obviously the front court's going to be something to keep an eye on that's the first thing that i'll be looking out for because obviously the past couple years has been our weak spot so Hopefully, no. like you said, I think everybody's expecting, not just you or me, but I think a lot of people are expecting Jesse Edwards to really make strides in the off season to come back and maybe fill out and just be a be a monster. Because he yes. was just doing, I mean, you know, he was doing great towards the end of the year. The year before that, uh, the 2019 year, or wait, the 2019-2020 year, uh, Sidibi was on fire. So we don't know what we're going to get. It's still a mixed bag right now because these guys right. proved themselves late in the season. And then obviously we don't know what we're going to get. So, uh, OK, with that said, let's transition into some football stuff. But
4: be- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. at Byte.com, that's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
5: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows.
2: Before we do, and we've got a bunch of football stuff to talk about. I don't know if Joe wants to get into the uh, college football playoff deal or not, but if we've got <clears> time, <throat> we'll get into that. So, and we're going to talk about Willie Tyler and some the anonymous coaches that, uh, th- that we hear from every year, which... It doesn't doesn't bother me one bit. I think it's fine. But first, uh, locker room app. I'm going to make this short and quick. We talk about this. Download the app. All you need is an email address and a name. You want to find us, it's Sean, space, QSmusha. Go there. You can follow us. And when we do our shows after the games, our post-game shows, then we will open it up for you. And you can actually uh, request to speak, and we can get you on. And we can talk and everybody can hear everybody and it's fantastic. And it's just a good way, a good solid way for us to talk to you without any phone numbers or anything like that. It's an app on your phone. You go to it. Boom. It's right there. It's also been bought out by Spotify. They're going to be relaunching the app and rebranding all that soon. So, you know, it's legit if it's from Spotify, right? And what's
3: great about that too, Sean, is that that helps us with our post games. That's we right. That Post game show right after games,
2: and we can, and we can just take Perfect that, time. and we can, and we can, we can take that and just uh, integrate it right into the podcast that we normally do within 24 hours after the games played, something like that. So, anyways, live fan feedback, live fan feedback, it's always fun to do, but it's always been a hassle. Locker room mm. makes it easy, and we yep. appreciate them for that. So, locker room, go download it, iOS and Android. Okay, so. Um, in fact, let's see. All right, what do we got? Let's see. Willie Tyler, Joe. He said he's uh, decided to part ways with Syracuse. He announced this past Friday. And um, you know, I mean, this is a guy who came in and you've you've you felt like he was gonna be able to shore up the offensive line. And we've had problems there, obviously. He also he also didn't he didn't play a, a snap at Texas where he came from and opted out of the 2020 season and was supposed to be starting up with Syracuse, is not going to play a snap for Syracuse. Didn't say what he was doing. I haven't heard any news. If he's entering the transfer portal or anything, we have no idea. But, um, you know, wish him luck. I don't know what he's going to do, but a little bit surprised. I was kind of big on Willie Tyler. Huge guy. Huge guy. Was he like 6'7", 3'32", or something like that? Something ridiculous. He's massive. Big boy. Um, yeah, but Joe, next man up, I feel comfortable with what's coming in and what we've got going on, and we can rattle off some names here if you want, but uh, what would you think, just Willie Tyler in general, leaving the program?
3: Um. Again, I think a lot of times I make a little bit bigger deal about stuff like this, um, but kind of this time around, I kind of feel the same way you normally do. Like, he was never here, Right. didn't play a snap at Texas, really don't know, I mean... Looking at his backstory, he played uh, D-lineman or D-tackle uh, in high school, and then he went to a community college because he wanted to switch sides to the ball, and he turned into an offensive lineman and got uh, picked up by Texas, redshirted, and then opted out of the 2020. So he realistically really hasn't shown that he can, in no disrespect, really do anything. No, so. we just know
2: he's a big boy, right? And we don't right. know, and yes. I think I remember – Maybe it was you, I'm not sure, but I do remember either talking with you or on the podcast somewhere along the line saying, "You know, I am a little bit skeptical. This guy hasn't played a snap, and I would like to see there's there's no there's no bar. We don't know what is for right. what his ceiling is. We just knew he's a big boy, and we were having trouble on the offensive line period
3: right. Well, and we have, right. But everybody came back from last year. I expect you know all the young guys to get a little better. I expect Surveys to completely, you know, it's his last chance. He got an extra year. You know what I mean. So doesn't, and doesn't
2: this put him in more of an, in a situation like if if Willie is there? I mean, maybe there's a situation where it still works, but Surveys Service moves back to center where he was. Although right. you know he had his issues there too. In in fact, he struggled last year. Service right.
3: Well, I mean, as a sophomore, he played great and there was a lot of, you know, but I mean, you never really know what's going on and uh, he's still been good and he's coming back and he's, I think it's going to be a redemption season for him. I think uh, adding Chris Blake, who probably should have been able to play last year absolutely uh, to, yeah. to the fold, um, I think is going to help. And I think, I mean, Bergeron showed great great strides last year. And I think he's only going to get better. So, I mean, we had a really young offensive line on top of the fact that we're bringing in like six or seven freshmen. uh, Enrique Cruz was a
2: huge, was a huge recruit is our best recruit in recent history. You know, right. Four star. Wasn't he the four star?
3: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just know that, like, again, we just have a lot of guys there. We have a lot of options and, you know, I just see all these. And again, I think this is just proof of how slow and why, we haven't done a podcast in three weeks. Right. I mean, you look at this Syracuse news on, on, you know, orange fizz noons inside of the loud house, Syracuse.com, anybody, Mike McAllister. And, it, and I'm not shaming any of them, but it's just the news is so slow. It's like we're grasping on to anything and everything. And there's some people that are talking about, you know, are we going to be able to survive? I mean, it, I, mean I love orange fizz, but can actually offensive line survive without Willie Tyler is like, ahead of the and he hasn't played a D- division one snap and we have our whole offensive line coming back from last year plus Chris Blake and a couple of you know six seven other recruits coming in whoever we had freshman or behind you never know who's going to make those strides and those steps in the off season in a legit you know spring and everything like that so um even when we got Willie Tyler I really wasn't like exp- like relying on him so Vettorello, another big just, name
2: coming back too, right? I mean, yep. he was yep. crucial last year.
3: Right. So, I mean, when you look at Bergeron, Vettorello and Blake and Servais, you're talking about four solid guys, I think, that can make up a decent unit. Um, and I think we've still got Darius Tisdale that came back as well, who started some games last year. And with all the young guys, you, you really never know you know, until you get to summer camp and you get people on campus and you play. You just line it's up, a, suit up, and see what happens. So, a ton I of, know we
2: ton of new guys.
3: Yeah, and we got a new offensive lineman coach. Uh, so, again, there's going to be competition there, and the cream will rise to the top. And I think we already are starting with four pretty good ones. So, really, I think we'll be all right.
2: I think we'll be fine too. I mean, of course we want to put the, you know, what what does what does the uh you know, Willie Tyler leaving mean for Syracuse? I mean, to me, like you said, Joe, this is my position most of the time anyway, no matter what, but not a whole lot. I mean, I I have no idea actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Right. I know Nobody it's does. not I know it's not going to be any worse because we've got some solid guys coming back, we got some reinforcements coming in and some really good uh, recruits in like i said enrique cruz and tyler magnuson there was uh um um i would go down this road um Cahi, austin call or whatever there's a there's a bunch of them anyways right i won't start on that well okay. i
3: just i mean i just can't it's one of those things where i'm not Trying to down the kid.
2: No, but I mean, let's be you know, realistic. Like he, let's
3: could, de- he, could, he could he could go on to another school and he could end up being an NFL player, but I'm not going to sit here and eat crow because I'm not going to play Captain Hindsight here. I mean, we have to look at what we have on the table right now. And what we have on the table is crumbs.
2: We, we don't know right, what, right. what, what those crumbs create. We have create, no idea. Right? So right. until I like we that, see that. That's a, that's a solid podcast moment for Joe right there. I like that captain hindsight (laughs) i love it i think that's the smartest thing you ever came up with actually the whole the whole string of sentences well thank you it's not saying much but (laughs) (laughs) so uh look oh Oh, there he is there he is (laughs) come on bro come on can we get through an episode For crying out loud.
3: You're baiting me, bro. You're baiting me.
2: Um, So, anyways, with that said, you know, uh, what is this? What is this? Athlon Sports or whatever. They do their preview issue, and they basically bait all these anonymous coaches into saying horrible things about other coaches (laughs) and programs within the division or whatever, right? And it's all anonymous, which is good. Like, I think it's good. Like I don't mind it. I really don't. Like if I'm a coach or whatever and there's a, there's all sorts of anonymous like digs on me. I I mean I think it would be entertaining to some to some you know Extent. Degree, yeah. To, it's, yeah, but, but that, for to,
3: that same reason is why you can't really take them seriously. The exactly.
2: But on the other side of that, too, that's but just to play devil's advocate with that, that is why you can take them seriously. Because some of this stuff would never be said because there is there is a modicum of respect between But coaches. it's not
3: fact, it's opinion.
2: It's totally opinion, but this, this is the scouting the orange tidbits that Orange Fizz put together. I don't know if anybody else did, but I saw it at Orange Fizz. Maybe it's not popular with with anybody else, and you can get mad about it, but there's some things in here that I think are legit and unfortunately are true. If you had to pick one program that falls apart this year, it's probably here or Duke, speaking of here being Syracuse. Right now, it's a train wreck, at least externally, opposing coach. I
3: mean, at least externally. So from the outside. So that means he has no idea what's going on inside.
2: Right, but you externally is us, right? Did it I mean, look like a train wreck last year? Here. What?
3: Let's be perfectly honest here, right? Okay,
2: so, yeah, Chris Blake,
3: that. Chris Blake, who was good enough to, to start at Florida. We playing
2: uh, Captain Hindsight or Captain <clears throat> uh, Captain Captain? Uh,
3: yep now I'm, okay. <laughs> now I'm playing Captain Hindsight and <laughs> Garrett Strader.
2: Boy, how quickly that changed! Okay,
3: I'm just I'm just saying. I hear you, that bro. There's, because they're here. So sure. they're here. They're playing with us. They transfer from the SEC in which they both have proven that they can play. I and mean, Gary Trader, for what he did as a f- true freshman, um, was pretty impressive. And
2: looking forward Chris, to Gary like, Trader very much.
3: And that's what I'm saying. So externally, that's that whole externally type thing. Right. But internally, we don't know what's going to happen because literally two SEC guys, if they live up their potential of something that they've proven way more than Willie Tyler and they have on tape. Those those guys could push us – I mean, they could make us a way better team than what people possibly think. But I'm not going to still sit here and say that DeVito can't do something if he's created a better – with a better offensive line and a better pocket, and there's other things that go along with that. Um, well, we – think. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I'm not going to – I don't want to go too much into it. So we'll hit up some of that later on, but that whole – Way that we orange is the new fast and all that stuff, I think is going to have to change too.
2: Well, that's this one here. Uh Dino has a lot of respect in our league. It's just that the era of go real fast and throw verts has sort of run its course, compounded by the fact other teams in this league run that system better with better players. Okay, look, that's absolutely true. They abandoned in fair. The, fair. They abandoned that last year, and we were. Call, I mean, I mean, I'm not like captain psychic or captain whatever but, <laughs> but, but you gotta be a but, captain but I hey because my, man I because um, i'm driving the ship so mm-hmm. but we were saying you know this this the, the fast-paced offense is not working it's not good for devito it's putting him in bad situ- situations it's bad all around let's slow not it down we're giving the ball yeah we're giving the ball back way too fast it's killing the defense. Like, obviously, you build around what you got, and they just didn't don't have it. Maybe they have it now. I don't know. We'll have to see, but they no. didn't. Right?
3: Well, I mean, that's a fair assessment because, again, it comes down to the talent. If you're trying to run a system and the, the team that you're playing against has better talent and better athletes than you, then it's pretty hard to run that system. So, uh, again, um, this is one of those things where this kind of offense was, was seemed to be a little gimmicky unless you could pull it off like teams like Baylor and teams like Oregon who could recruit these athletes that could be better than these other teams' athletes
2: I think the and, idea is good I think it's I think like this um opposing coach is saying and opposing coach is saying is' just it's outplayed I think a little bit and to his to their point the uh level of athlete. Obviously, just last year in general, it, it wasn't there. I mean, let's right. be honest.
3: Well, and let's be honest, too. I mean, all this expectation from him came from one season with a warrior like Eric Dungy, with all of the running back options they had, right, with all the receiver options they had. I mean, they had Tristan Jackson in the bowl game, right? But before that, they had Steve Ishmael, and they had Irv Phillips all year. Mo Neal, Abdul, I mean, Abdul Adams played in the bowl game, but Jarvion Howard.
2: Yeah, um, that was like his game. Played right. well,
3: yeah. And so you know, I think we also had what was it, um, Frederick? Right.
2: Why there do I want to say? Back. Why do I want to say Alan Frederick? It's not. I know what you're talking no, Strick,
3: about. Sorry, Strickland. Strickland.
2: Dante Strickland? Strickland. Yeah.
3: Dante Strickland as running back. We had him, and we had Mo Neil, and um, we just had you know really, really a lot of fringe type of specialty athletes. Like I said, I mean, Dante Strickland, he made it to a, a training camp. Um, Ishmael and Phillips have had little small stints in the uh, the NFL. So, um, he had those guys on top of Eric Dungy who is out on a team right now as well, competing for a spot. So, uh, that was a little bit different than what we have now. And when you look at you know, since sans- tosh harris i mean we got a couple good running backs but uh devito hasn't proven to be the same guy as dungy and our offensive line isn't as good as it was when we had dungy so um yeah i mean we'll see but i just don't see we have to be able to change with it and after devito got hurt last year you saw him change with it and hopefully this year you can start off kind of like that i think you have a stall you have a stall of running backs
2: yeah big time and i don't see a repeat of last year. It's going to be night and day. We were putting band-aids or our coach was putting band-aids on everything everywhere the whole season. It was a disaster. Externally, it was a train wreck. Uh All yep. of those things are true, but look at what we were dealing with. And obviously some teams did better than others, but conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. Maybe that's why everything is so hush right now. So now we had a ta-
3: fullback playing guard.
2: I know. I know it's ridiculous.
3: I mean, let's be let's be serious here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We had uh, all our NFL players got hurt in the secondary, and the, those guys only got some better.
2: Op, some opted. Some be linebackers leave. are young. I
3: mean, all those Early. guys are young. Right. I mean, Melifolano was really the only one that played the whole year that you know ended up going on to the NFL right. and played really good. But with Garrett Williams, all these young guys coming back with all that experience, those, Garrett, those linebackers. Garrett McKellen's Williams going a
2: stud too. So.
3: Right. Plus, you have all those. St- Six, some, some six-year senior type, you know, on the defensive line. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't see next year being the same as as last year. No, I just don't.
2: Uh, the but opposing coach might. I don't see things getting much they better couldn't. for them because the offensive scheme is not is really the identity and recruiting to when you're up and in, in recruiting too. It wait. I mean, let's try it in English, Joe. Are you. What do you say? What do you say? It's been a while. Yeah. I don't see things hey, getting much better. Do for, a, dude, really? You need a, really? a teleprompter, Biden? Really? Really? <laughs> really? Come on, man. Um, it's, it's, it's not funny. It, it, it's really no, it's not, not funny. funny. It, it's not, Joe. Okay. Okay. It's unnecessary. And, shot. And, and, and uncalled for. Okay. You. Disloyal idiot. I I don't see things getting much better for them because the offensive scheme is really the identity. And recruiting to it when you're up in central New York just isn't going to work. So, like, to your point, Joe. um, Here's a couple more and then we want to talk. Then we want to talk. Oh, some of these are long. So they came out with some more. The offensive Mm. line is probably the worst in the league. Maybe Worse than Georgia Tech's two years after the triple option. Uh, You don't have to blitz to get home on them, so you don't really have to disguise much of what you're doing. Opposing coach.
3: Yeah, I hope that's Clemson.
2: Yeah, uh they struggle up front on defense that's where you notice the lack of talent compared to the top half of the teams in the league. I think their situation is a lot like Duke's success a few years ago. It's possible to have one or two really good years if the division is down. They're on Clemson's side but but, but I think they feasted on programs dealing with their own down years and now. That's not the case. Boston College is better. NC State is better. It would be surprising if they were able to make another run. I mean, well, hold, hold. Time will tell, right? That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, these these comments should be none other than fuel for the coach and the players because everybody's reading Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And you know, take take it and use it to your advantage. That's all I can say about that. Is there Okay. The proposed playoff, Joe. Now, I was just asking for eight. I just wanted a simple eight. But 12, I Mm. like even better. Okay? I don't see a downside to this. I'm sure you're pretty negative, so you could probably throw one at me. But... I got a few. Do you? Okay. Well, I'm interested to see. Just because I think, look, every college sport, well, I mean, the major college sports, have some kind of playoff or tournament to them lengthy ones decent ones okay exciting ones the college football playoff thing with the four teams has added a lot in my opinion i love it i think four i would have been satisfied with four to keep going by the way i'm not you know eight would have been good 12 is proposed we'll see what happens i'm assuming the top four teams get a get a buy right then you do your I guess you would do maybe uh, you know the six and then from there you know it's, it's on to it's money time. But what do you what mm-hmm. do you what do you think, Joe? What do you think? You don't you don't like uh. the, you don't like the twelve? Does it put too much emphasis on just getting to the playoffs? Is it wonky because of schedules? Is it going to be difficult because of because of strength of schedule? Is it is it is there is there too many teams in too many different just there's a lot of Sean. right. I mean,
3: first well, off, right. I mean, you talk about the fact of how many automatic footprints are going to be in there,
2: right? Well, you've right. got all. I mean, are we to give, five you, give the AAC champions.
3: automatic footprints? Are we going to give you the Mountain West automatic footprints? Like, what type of because you have to assume that they're going to have they're still going to have the conference championship games. So you right. have to assume the winner of the championships of these at least power five conferences are automatically in. Right?
2: Well, that's what you would do. You would but have to where, do the power five.
3: Right, but I guess my whole thing is it comes down to how many other automatics or guarantees are there? How many are they going to guarantee a two or three or a certain number of non power five teams? Well, maybe um, there's still a lot.
2: Okay, that I goes understand to
3: that. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of one thing where I look at that too. Um, and really the biggest thing for me is I just look at it as an NCA money grab. If they go from 4 <laughs> to 12...
2: Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't it always...
3: But that's... Dude, you go from... They were complaining. They, they barely... Do you know how long it took for them to get
2: 4? Yeah, like and a decade. And now all of a sudden
3: they're just going to jump to 12 after a pandemic year?
2: Yeah, right.
3: So my whole thing is, and I guess my worry about this whole situation is, is that money... Is going to trump possibly having the best team be a being able to win the tournament?
2: Well, I don't know about that.
3: I mean, that remains when you to talk be. About, a worry. Talk sure. about having to win three games, possibly what you're talking about twelve. So the first four are going to get buys, right?
2: Yeah, first so four, four gonna get So it's going to
3: go buys. from yeah. So yeah, so it's going to go to from and then you do your
2: year six right
3: to four to two four games, yeah, possibly to win. Yeah, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, if you're the best team, you're in the top four, three. But still, right. three games. So, so how much time the, are you going to give in between that? Is it just a week? Just a week in between?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, probably. What happens if you have certain you do, injuries that happen? Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going too fast. You could do it like the NFL does, where it's a week, 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 two weeks for, right. for the championship game. I think that's legit. Yep. They do that now anyway. If I'm not mistaken, right?
3: They do a game. They do the semi f- two weeks.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: So you're gonna do two weeks before in between every single round?
2: No, you wouldn't do it in between every single round. You'd do it in between the,
3: the final the, the final
2: four and the championship. Yeah, the final four. Right. Yeah. The but either semi way, five. you're
3: asking the best team. You're adding games onto a schedule. And asking these teams to play two games, three games in a row in a week against some of the best competition—I mean, it's going to be great for viewers and be great for money. But it's not going. I think that it's going to—it's uh, tough. It's going to be one of those things where, like, more or less, like the deeper team might possibly win versus possibly the best team. I mean, you're forcing these these, these players to play more games, which, yeah, in the NFL. You're, you're going to. But, I mean, I think that I would I would much rather see it go from four to, to eight.
2: Well, that's where I was at. Eight with no buys, and you, you guys just play.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no matter how many teams you, you add, there's always going to be a team that thinks they get left
2: out, right? Of course. But that's the nature of college sports because there's so many damn teams. You're talking about 12 teams out of 301 or whatever if you want to go right. D1. I mean – It's you're never going to make anybody. I mean, you deal the same thing every year in college basketball.
3: No, I get it. But I'm just saying it's just one of those things where it's ridiculous where it took this long. It took this long to get four teams. And, you know,
2: well, let me ask you
3: prior seasons. It's like, oh, it's teams that are five and six. They feel like they got gypped. Now you're talking about five or six felt like they got gypped. In that situation, if you're 13, you're not even thinking about it, right? You're just like, oh, what bowl are we going to? Now all of a sudden you're just going to snap a finger and you're number 13 and you're pissed because you didn't make the college football playoffs. Like, I just, it's hard for me to, it's hard. That's a big jump.
2: It's a and big, jump. The only thing that I think
3: of is marketing and money.
2: Well, we know that. We know that. That's, anything the NCAA does is because of money. They're non, right. even though they're a non-profit. <laughs> right, so it's
3: so it's hard. Uh, yeah, exactly, so it's hard for me uh, because I'm at this like divide of like
2: you want do the I want entertainment. The
3: entertain- do I want the entertainment or do I want to know that with that entertainment comes at the expense of these kids that could possibly get injured and ruin the draft stock and not make a penny?
2: Well, I mean, I just, that's a fair concern. That's a fair concern. That's why I think eight makes more sense. First of all, I. Like I said, I'd be happy with four. I love 12 for entertainment purposes. And, you know, I think it's the things that I was rattling off in the beginning are the most murky and probably kind of biggest questions I have. Like, how do you how do you make it? How do you get 12 teams in? How do you pick 12 teams? Teams out of all of those, I mean, basketball is a little easier. I think you
3: know there's going to be automatic qualifiers. You know, yeah,
2: there has to be right, and it has to be the four, the first four in, right? So
3: no, I mean, it would be conference championships. Well, that's well, Com- right, conference right, right, champions, right. which right. is the, there's five of them, and that's right? The biggest so four are, right are going to get by. Problem right now, but that well, that's the biggest problem right now is that you have five power five conferences and then Notre Dame and the independent, so someone's getting screwed.
2: Well, Notre Dame's got to pick. It's
3: what they think, right? Notre so Dame's got to pick what day, they want to do. I think that's what you get done. I think that's what you do. You go to eight, you turn five automatic bids, and then you do the top non-Power 5 conference team, and then the next two are the top next best teams, and then you go from there. But to go to 12, oh, God.
2: Oh, here you go. Hold on, I just found something. First round game. Here you go, Joe. This answers a question for you. First-round games would take place on campus sometimes, so you get a home game, sometimes during the, well, someone does, during the two-week period after conference championship games. Quarterfinals will be played on January 1st and or 2nd when the New Year's Day falls on a Sunday and on an adjacent day. Semifinals and championship game dates are to be determined. So, likely there, that's the question. How much time do we give in between and, you know, and obviously, if this is being talked about and written about to this extent, this is, I mean... things so i th- been
3: thinking about, for sure. S-
2: these things don't just leak out of nowhere. No. Y- you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, all 11 games would be under CFP umbrella, which blah, blah, blah. The brackets would remain effective through the playoffs. The playoff bracket would follow the rankings. With no modifications made to avoid rematches of teams that may have played during the regular season or or from the same conference. So what that tells mm. me is they're going for the, the top 12 teams. The first, I don't know how they determine the buys, but maybe the top four at the end of the year get mm-hmm. buys, right? So, I mean, as far as fairness goes, and with no real like analytics and things like the college basketball has in place, to really track that stuff and be able to give you kind of a quantitative like number is something tangible. Maybe that's how you do it. So I guess I should. they're
3: going to ask them to do that. Then they got to get that name and likeness stuff, right?
2: Oh, well that's, that's got to, this is, that's got to be a thing. I mean, this is this, that's another thing. Talk about dragging their feet and being ridiculous. You know, I just think that it's, it's time. I don't, I don't know how you do it. I've always just, I've always been on the side of, you, if you, if you're a marketable marketable person, you can market your name. You market your name. You make your money however you want. You want to sign autographs and put them on eBay. You want to go to, you know, Billy Fusillo is he still a thing? You want to go down there and sell some cars or sign some autographs on a weekend? Then so be it. I mean, however you want to do it that way. I just don't think the schools paying. There's a lot of schools that aren't going to be able to do that, and I don't think it's I don't think it's legit a legit way or fair to the school. To the to other schools because there's 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 some deep pockets out there as we've seen, yeah. And, and I just don't I just don't think that's a fair way to go. But to be able to market yourself, sell your name and likeness to EA Sports for college football, basketball game, whatever, that's the way you do it.
3: Or sign an autograph.
2: Right. That's why I said sign an autograph or whatever you however you however, you know the you know, best players are going to make the most money. It's on meritocracy. That's how it goes. It's
3: capitalism. It's
2: capitalism. Period. So, and I don't have a problem with you doing it like that. No money comes out of the NCAA pocket and no money comes out of the school's pocket. It seems perfectly seems pretty clean leg- to me. legit and, um, you know, maybe some shady stuff happens, but whatever. This is, you know, they should be able to, that's freedom. A little bit of freedom, a little bit of liberty to do what you can do to make your own money should be allowed. So, all right, yep. Joe, is that it? I think that's it, bud. I think that's it too. Okay, well. Thank you, Locker Room. It's been fun. It's been fun. It was nice to be back. Really appreciate yeah. everybody who stayed with us this long and who's listening now. We love you guys, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you, Locker Room. Thanks again to all of you for hanging out with us. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.